Welcome, welcome back for a bonus episode. I am here with my good sis, Jade. She is one of my good, good sisters. Like, hands down, I rock with her. She rocked with me in that song, period. And she blessed me with her time, her support, her love, her prayers, all of the things that when that I am who you say I am affirmation journal launched, sis was a part of that. She really helped guide me and really encourage me in that season. So Jay shared that I am healed. For a time, I felt that being at my absolute best was too much for what I discovered are small-minded people. I thought the light within me was a nuisance to society and that it was preferable or a path of least resistance to simply fit in. I thought what the Lord was revealing to me as love. He showed me to fight myself was to fight him. To diminish what I think about myself diminishes how powerful the Lord is, and that broke my heart. So I threw up my white flag, which to me meant letting go of my worldly expectations and thinking, which resulted in me learning to trust fully in the Lord because there was no other word or opinion to move from there. Over time and in due, Jesus showed me why he tore the veil so that his people could know about the truth about themselves, which meant knowing that the Heavenly Father, my new understanding of who God is, healed how I see myself. So instead of fighting me, I celebrate all of the things that the Lord has poured inside of me. Introduce yourself to the people, sis. Oh, man. Uh, Introduce myself. Uh, Yeah, I'm me. I'm from Dallas. I eat Rudy's here and there. I'm trying to get off of uh, fried food. But I mean, this has been such a cool thing to see unravel, um, to see Kiana actually pursue this in its entirety. You know, a lot of people come to you and they say they want to do this and that. And, you know, I want to I want to start this and um, just never really follow through with it. So all of that is part of the process. Number one, just the vulnerability and asking for help, number one, um, and just saying, hey, can you assist me with this? And Number one, I, I found that to be admirable. And so then actually taking that information and applying it is a whole nother um, level of maturity. So I, I just appreciate seeing all of that unravel. Um, and just very rarely people actually do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. But in, in terms, I guess, of introducing myself, I have two siblings. I'm two of three. I'm from Dallas, born and raised, went to school in Austin at UT, graduated in 2015, moved back to Dallas, and currently reside here. That's how me and Kiana met um, at Shoreline, continue to journey forward together um, from there. Yeah, definitely. Jade is like a baby sister to me, and I love her so much. I love to just hug her and squeeze her so tight because (laughs) I just love the way she pours out from that place of knowing that I'm human and you're going to get me raw. You're going to get me real. And I'm going to give it to you straight, like with no chaser, that this is going to take hard work. And if you're needing to get to this point of your business, of your your passion, your whatever that looks like business related, like this is what it's going to take. And I love that she didn't cut no corners with me. She kind of just mapped it out, literally pen and paper and was like, look, X, Y, and Z, connect the dots, one, two, three, four. And so she wasn't going to just sugarcoat this or really make me feel that it was easy. She was just going to say, stay focused, keep your mission the mission and let your truth 
speak for itself. Like, don't get out here and let your head blow up. And then you start to become, you know, all feathers and no flock. You're just out here. And so sis was so real with me and we've been kicking it ever since. So if you by chance had the honor to purchase that prayer journal, the I am who you say I am, there are 30 biblical affirmations inside of the journal. And Jay chose I am healed. And so what I read to you was just a snippet of what she wrote um, in regards to that affirmation. But I'm going to allow her to share exactly her heart posture behind this affirmation and what that looks like in her life yesterday, today and forevermore. Um, yeah, so it's it's actually so ironic because the way in which I would probably explain if you had come to me in this season and asked me some advice, the way I would have broke it down in this season would kind of be a little ironically different from how I broke it down then. Because a lot of the things I was doing in that season, I'm, I've kind of abated. And so that's actually been pretty cool to see. Because as I'm telling you how to mature in business, I'm actually doing the same thing myself. It's it's a connected process. So I, I can't grow without you growing. You can't grow without me growing. You know, there is no comparison, but without the referral that the fact that people around you are also suffering, yet still accepting what it is that they're going through and, and how it's unraveling is, is light in itself. But back to my my declaration here. I just have, I felt like um, coming up, especially as a youth, I felt like I was always in a little bit of a higher headspace than most of my peers, just in terms of the experiences that I was privileged with uh, growing up, um, my family being, you know, connected and me having a two-parent household, you know, um, all of my siblings were fathered by the same dad, you know, my dad is present, he's home, he works. He works hard. You know, he's honestly given me a lot of the tools that I'm able to share with other people. And so I've noticed, you know, growing up and being in school that most of my peers um, or a lot of my peers just didn't get that opportunity. And so I looked at it more so as a privilege and I'm very still very thankful for all the things that I've seen and not even more so at the fact that, you know, we were there or that, you know, we traveled or that I got to experience these things. But honestly, just like what it taught me within just my overall core, I think that's more so, if anything, what I took from it is that there's no place like home, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can go anywhere and everywhere, but you can't run from your problems. You can't run from what you're experiencing. You can't run from who you're experiencing. All of that is going to find a way to find its way to you, back to you, if you don't turn around and face it, you know. So, of course, we want to move forward. But the irony in moving forward is that you have to turn around and you have to face and overcome what's what's already happened to you. The irony and the beauty in, in it all, though, it's me, you know, if I ask myself. A lot of people will look at your story from the outside and say, sis, like, where was the struggle? You know, like you had two right. parents, you grew up in a, a pretty well home. You said your, your father was present. You have older siblings. So it's not that you had to, you know, lead the way and, you know, create a path that never existed before. Um, it sounds like you had a very supportive family and all of the things. 
Therefore, like you said, Joe Pierce was like, nah, since like mama was a single mom, you know, she had to work, you know, multiple jobs to make ends meet. Daddy was nowhere to be found. And so it created its own chaos before they even had a chance to even adult. Right. And so growing up and then actually experiencing life for yourself, life happened for Jade high school or do you think it happened college? I mean, honestly, I think it started at a young, a very young age. It's just the way that it happened to Jade. I guess people peering from the outside couldn't understand, couldn't see my struggle, which is what made the struggle even harder within itself because you have no reason to struggle. You have no, from where does your pain pour? You know, you have everything that one could need or want perceivably from the worldly expectation. And this is honestly what even brought me to the Lord in the first place was because of worldly expectations and the worldly view of what is success is not enough. And I can honestly say that from a place of experience in it. And so, you know, actually from a young age, we started off in Pleasant Grove. I went to kinder through first grade or second grade in Pleasant Grove at in the row. And so, you know, I grew up around my people. This is my people, you know, and when I say my people, I mean brown melanated people, people who speak my language, they understand me. We come from the same place. We're experiencing the same people. You know, we live in the same neighborhood. You know, this is collective. And then all of a sudden just being uprooted for what most would call a better experience, like, you know, from the outside looking in, but went from being just feeling very inclusive to being a fly in the milk, as some would call it, being around nobody who's melanated, especially when it just came down to my interaction, um, even with boys. You know, I hate to say it, but, you know, in in first grade, I had a couple of of my peers who were interested in me at that time, you know, living where I was and then kind of transitioning to just being attracted to no one, feeling no one is attracted to me. It's It's a huge transition in that aspect, but it was preparing me for everything that I'm experiencing now. So just being completely uprooted from what I know, what I'm comfortable with, what I love, to just something completely new. And then, you know, eventually embracing that and giving it all the same affirmations that I gave the original experience of, you know, teaching me something new. It grew me in a new direction. It showed me that, you know, there are people out there who can relate to me that, I can connect to from my first experience in elementary school to showing me that, you know, you can go somewhere and not feel loved and not feel included. But at the same time, it's still teaching you. It's still growing you. It's still preparing you in some way. So same thing with high school, change of districts. So I go from this completely almost private school feel, I would say, moving to Sunnyvale you know, maybe having 50 total classmates in my grade to go into a high school to where now there's 400, 500 people in my class, you know, just in my class alone. So, um, you know, you look at freshmen through high school, there's almost 2,000 to 3,000 students at the school. So just huge shift momentum and, and especially getting back to just knowing nobody again, coming in, just being completely like, just, hey, like, I got to find my way here. That has prepared me. Like I say, um, I just keep reiterating it has prepared me. It has prepared me for going to college and um, going into a new city and still being able to stay on top of my school, my grades, having financial support from home, but never 
always wanting to do and provide for myself still, you know. So I I worked through college. Freshman year, literally, I had a job because my goal was always to get my own apartment. And I was kind of starting some of these adult parts of life a little sooner than my, you know, my peers were. I wouldn't even say had the opportunity, but just wasn't even quite thinking about yet. This wasn't in their aura. This this wasn't kind of at the top of their mind. Um, but definitely a lot of my personal, more interpersonal experiences as far as with other people definitely came by way of college for sure. Yeah. First of all, that's what makes your story so unique because I love that you keep putting perspective into the worldly. So the world would say, oh, you know, you come from two-parent household. Y'all are probably financial stable to where you don't really come from a struggle or to where you had to come from a fight of something more so like people of, of your peers and things like that. But I think that's what makes your story so unique because as we grow um, in our walk with God and as we walk by faith, like we know that God calls us outside of the world and what the world view and what they what the world label you as, God was already setting you apart then. So therefore you knew, like you said, you were going to college, you, had, you, you got a job, you wanted to work. Most people, when they go out to college, they're trying to relax. They're trying to chill. You know, they're trying to, you know, live off the financial aid. They're just trying to make it do what it do. They're trying to pass their classes and stay above water. But one thing I can say about Jane, she is so headstrong and she's such a go-getter in everything that she do. And so knowing that even then where you could have got relaxed and where you could have got codependent upon your parents or your situation you allowed yourself to propel forward and experience life for Jade. And I think a lot of people miss that, you know, because they're so busy living up to the world expectations that they take on all this stuff that the world says that you should be, you should do, you should wear. And then you realize in the end, like it, 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 it unkilled your spirit, like you out here bad off because you allow what the world said or how they viewed you to sway you into getting this degree, going to this school, doing this and that. And so I just see like so much strength there, you know? So when you think about your affirmation, I am healed. What was your heart posture behind the healing piece of that? I mean, as it, as it spoke um, in the first part of it that, you know, I felt like I was too much and that my light was a nuisance of some sort. Just and and what I've come to more so understand is that, you know, people's everybody's portal is not open in the way that I think I've, I've come to accept that, you know, everyone isn't ready to see what I've seen in terms of the things that the Lord has revealed to me in terms of perspective. Because even when you think about, you know, the trust fund baby and them being, you know, dropped a million, two million dollars. Think realistically right now, if you were given a million, two million dollars, what would you do with it? How would you manage it? You know, how would you spend it? Where do you put it? Even a lot goes into that when you can get that perspective and see, even though it looks good, it, you know, you you have to be there to know. Um, and that's in any and every situation. And so I've just discovered, you know, I'm at the point now, I would say, I, I kind of have wrapped myself around the fact that my light is just what it is. You know, I've actually been placed in, in situations and in rooms with people um, intentionally to give them something that they've never thought about before. Here, let me help you shift your perspective. This is actually not from what I think, but this is what I've experienced. This is what I know to be true. 
simply from what the Lord has revealed uh, to me. And so I've definitely have always, like you said, been headstrong. I've never wanted to depend on, you know, my family's resources. I mean, it's it's cool to know that they're there. And it's a beautiful thing to know that they're there, that my parents have also, you know, shifted certain things for me to where I didn't have to struggle about certain things. So, you know, thinking about breakfast in the morning or how I'm going to get to school or who my interaction was with in the morning before I got to school, you know, gave me the headspace to for honestly for my struggles to be elevated to where my my struggles were on a different level that it was hard for other people to interpret. And so that's only a thing that I feel like you can see once you accept who you are. And a part of healing definitely is accepting who you are. And um, like we discussed uh, earlier, is just continuing to heal. Healing is a process that doesn't end just as life doesn't end. If it's not growing, it's not living. That's honestly where that affirmation comes from for me is that it's something that I discovered that I can do and I'm currently still doing. So this this doesn't end for me. I think even one of the sermons you sent us from uh, Tim Ross, he was talking about how the Lord, you'll get close to the Lord on a level and he'll kind of dip off to see if you'll come. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that perspective. And I feel like that's exactly kind of the energy that I've created, not mm-hmm. will have followed more. So I haven't created energy cannot be created nor destroyed that I've, I've followed that I've latched onto. The Lord has shown me this kind of energy. Um, so I'm thankful. Yeah. Something that really dropped in my spirit as you was talking about just your peers and how they may not have vowed you necessarily your struggle versus their struggle. And one thing God just revealed to me is that majority of us, we grow up trying to heal from the struggle of other people, meaning that we don't took on our mother's struggles. We don't took on our granny struggles. We don't took on our kids struggles. We don't took on the teenage pregnancy struggle. Like we don't took on so much of the struggle that wasn't necessarily ours. And as we adult and take on the struggles that we are now creating, um, whether that be our environment or our choices or just the people that we connect ourselves with, whatever that struggle looks like. Now we're working through the stuff that was given to us and that we've taken over time, but then stuff that we're now walking into. And I think that's what's so beautiful about your story is that I thank God that you didn't have to grow up in the struggle of your parents or the struggle of your siblings or taking on things that your family put onto you to where it weighed you down by the time you got to high school and college, where not only were you tackling their struggles, but then you were creating struggle of your own, learning how to walk into being who you are. I don't think I ever looked at struggle in that way, because I know for me personally, growing up, like I, I carried a lot of my mom's struggles, being the oldest child and her being a single mom, like, why am I worried about bills? Why am I worried about what we're going to eat? Like, why am I worried about how we're going to get to school? Where are we going to stay? You know, like, how? you know what I'm saying? Like, that type of struggle isn't meant for a child. That type right. of struggle isn't meant for me to go to school and, and be worried about if we're going to have somewhere to lay our head tonight and things like that. And so that's what's so beautiful about just your testament and knowing that the healing that God reserved for Jade, God knew that you were going to need it for Jade, that you weren't going to need it for your, your mom or your dad or your or your sisters. Like you were going to need that 
for Jay because Jay was going to allow herself to walk into rooms that maybe she shouldn't have been in or connect herself with people who meant her harm or didn't mean her no good. God allowed you to walk into places or paths where he was going to allow you to stumble and see what struggle really felt like so you can know what you want in life. Like you said, when you when you give advice and things like that, you're speaking from a place of experience and knowledge. This is not something that you're just pulling out the sky and say, hey, I think this is going to work. It's more so like that wisdom. And you're so young, too, to have so much wisdom. And I think that's where God really sits with you and your experiences and the knowledge of you wanting to read the book for yourself. No, I don't want the cliff notes. Like, give me the book, you know? And so <laughs> that's what's so beautiful about you. And I love that you highlighted that healing is a continual process. Like, I am healed speaking for today, speaking for tomorrow, speaking for two weeks from now, speaking for next year as we close out 2021. But like, I am healed comes from that place. Like, God, I know you can restore. I know you you are a redeemer. Like I know you to be my comfort and my peace. And so looking to him in the hills where our help comes from keeps that affirmation on our hearts and really allows us to walk into that healing process with ease mm-hmm. because we know he's done it before and he, he'll do it again. And so we're walking by faith in this thing, Jade. And so I want to thank you for sharing your affirmation with the podcast and all of the listeners. If you could give one good advice when it comes to just speaking God's truth and word over your life, what would you tell somebody? Um, I think it's 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 truly very simple uh, to be or not to be. You know, you before you have anything, you you chose it you know, within yourself, um, before it's, it's manifested to the eye, it's long been interpreted and declared and affirmed in one's heart and in one's core. So if anything, um, whatever it is that you want, declare that you already are, not that I hope, not that I will try, but that I am, that I, I'm doing, um, in the process, it's happening you know, it's coming, you know, all of these words that we use with our tongue are, are indeed very powerful. I, I say just just be, choose to be on, on any and everything and, and that nothing is, is insignificant. Nothing is too small in order for you to have to make this affirmation. Um, I think that's what I found when it comes to friendships, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to faith, when it comes to your money, when it comes to where you go to school, when it comes to where you work. When it comes to who you marry, when it comes to what you drive, where you live, all of these things, um, none of this is insignificant in the choice in which you choose and how you declare it to be. So life is fractal. So the, the very smallest piece of grain of salt or sand has a world within it. Um, and so do all of we. Well said, sis. Well said. Choose to be. There you have it. This is Jade, where I am healed.